Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Good morning and welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It is Laura and Shelby here today, and we are going to be conquering a really beefy topic. So beefy that we're going to split it into two episodes. Uh, We're going to be talking about navigating resistance in proposals uh, today. And next week, we're going to kind of come back with some case studies and specific examples. So make sure that you tune into both episodes. Uh, But before we kick off today, I want to plant a seed in your brain. If you are a new grad or close to graduating certification, uh, we want to invite you to our new grad workshop on May 19th at 10 a.m. Central Time. It's 90 minutes and Laura and I will be on that workshop together and we're going to cover just all of the stuff, all of the, the easy, easy beginner things to get your business set up um, and also give some space for a Q&A with, with Laura and I. Um, we have mega attendance on these new grad workshops. We get close to 100, sometimes over 100 new grads each time. And so come come ready. Come with your questions. We're going to cover the first layer of your business and get you started with, off, on a, off on the right foot. Um, but hey, Laura, how are you doing today? Hey. I'm doing good. I'm actually really excited that another batch of grads are starting to to like it's so cool because I can tell that it's graduation time. Now that we don't work work for a certification company, I forget. But I can tell it's grad time when I start getting messages. Uh like you can just see like it's getting close enough that people are like, uh oh, wait, what? It's uh, it's over? What's what next? <laughs> like this can't be it. What am I gonna do? I have so many thoughts, I don't know what to do. So um, I love this season. I-, I love our new grad workshop. I think that Shelby and I continually think back to graduating. And when we're thinking about how to serve you guys, we're always thinking of, gosh, what would have been the best information, experience, questions like to support us during that? Mm-hmm. And we were lucky we found pretty good places. Well, you you ended up quicker than I did. 
Um, but they weren't nurse coaches. And so I feel like ours might even be better than, yeah. than we got. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling a story literally yesterday on my mentorship call of um, whenever, so Laura was my peer coach in certification and you were just like, so you going to do it? You going to start your business? You going to quit your job? And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I've been talking about it for like a month. I might as well start, start like actually figuring out what that means. And um, did, were Laura and I able to Google it and put it together and figure it out on our own? Hell yeah. But also I would have really preferred someone giving me a condensed list and a checklist of like, do these things, then you're ready to go. And you will walk away with that at our, yeah. after our workshop, we'll email you all of that stuff. Um, so come hang out. Also, I see our previous clients hanging out on this new grad workshop every time we host this workshop a few times a year. And so if you are a current client of ours, I love you, but do not come to this workshop <laughs> because it is not designed for you. You, There is nothing on this call that you don't already know. And uh, yeah, said with so much love, but go go live your life instead of coming to this, <laughs> to this workshop. It's so big too that I feel like if you are a new grad and then you end up in a hundred person Zoom room that you're less likely to ask questions. And I think that we we want it to be as warm and inviting and cozy as we can make mm -hmm. it for them. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. So if you're a new grad, bring a friend, come hang out. It's free. Uh, we'll we'll get you started in the right direction. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna hop in, like I said, to this big, 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 juicy, juicy, fun topic of navigating resistance. Um, I remember the first time I ever learned or kind of like was taught on this topic um, with my first coach. She kind of spoke into it a little bit, but she was more on the, the side of if you can define their pain point and gap clear enough, you will have less resistance on the back end of your proposal. And I do think that's true. But also being new, you're probably not super great at that just yet. And these are natural questions for people to have of yeah. like, navigating costs. How am I going to afford that? What is my husband going to say? Or my wife going to say like, these are just really normal things that can happen. So we want to prepare you, uh, not to give you a script that you have to read because that feels gross, but just to like open that door in your brain so that when it happens, it's not about you and, a, like, uh, something that you did wrong. It's more of like, Oh yeah, I was expecting this. I know exactly how to handle it. Um, and mm -hmm. support my client powerfully through this, through this moment. Um, all right. So let's uh let's jump in, Laura. Where do you want to begin? I think what I want to start with, and I, I think I've said this ad nauseum, but I'll say it again just because it's so good, is that I think coming out of cert and being coached and you're so on fire for it that you assume that all you have to do is tell somebody about it and they'll be on fire about it too. But it for most people, if they've never hired any kind of coach before, to them. And, and most people in their life, hiring a coach is unreasonable. And there is no one walking the planet except for coaches that actually have a set-aside coaching budget. So, right? So like, no matter how powerful you are, how great your marketing is, how like, it doesn't really matter. We're up against these two things that most people believe hiring a coach is unreasonable and no one has a coaching budget. And so navigating resistance is just part of advocacy. It's just part of it. And uh, I'd say like maybe in the beginning, maybe one out of 10 calls had no resistance for me. Maybe mm -hmm. Two out of 10. 
where it's like, I don't care what it costs. I'm going to do it. Um, and it was less about me being an awesome coach and more about them being in so much pain that they just didn't, they just thought that there was hope. Right. Yeah. Um, so we really want to define what resistance is and just give more context to what's happening in the call as the client to what resistance is. And I mean, to hire a coach, one must be willing to go against the grain because how the grain is how they've been living their lives. And so to hire you is already going against the grain. They must want the change more than money, time, or any conversation with any partner or spouse. And they must face failure themselves and willing to be uncomfortable. So that's a big ask. And most brains are going to resist that. And, mm-hmm. and so we really want to normalize it. You want to kind of define a little bit more about what resistance actually is and what's happening? Shelby? Yeah. Yeah. So resistance can be really sneaky. Um, you will become a resistance ninja over the coming years and how to like sniff it out with your clients. Um, but the way we've defined it here for this this particular process is resistance is a normal act of the brain to keep us safe and to keep us in a known territory. It's kind of when your ego takes over, your ego is designed to keep you safe and small and secure even if the discomfort is going to bring you what you actually want on the other side, it's just like your brain, the the alarms are going off and your brain is finding and creating any story to stay where you're at. Um, mm-hmm. It is a feeling you get anytime you have a little nervousness before doing something, something new. Um, resistance is what stands between us and the life we want. And um, we like the term navigating resistance because it implies that the client most likely will need support when it shows up, right? Um, and that, again, normalizing that, especially in in proposal calls, right? We we teach in our in our preceptorship course, like you are coaching into the highest version of somebody. We are tapping into their vision, not as it is right now, but as it is three, five, 10 years from now and how these pivots and these changes that somebody wants to make in their life are going to pay off in the long term, what that allows them the, to create or experience in the long term. And then you get to the proposal and you're talking to the to the the human in front of you as is where they are right now, right? So you just have spent all this time in dreaming, wonderful la-la land where everything is possible. And then you bring it back and they start making decisions as potentially they're not highest self, right? And so yeah. um, it's kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You have to know which version you're talking to as, as well. Um, and so it's just really, really normal to need, for clients to need support in it. And also it can be really... Mm, helpful to to label it of like, hey, I, I see that you're experiencing some resistance around this when it comes to money. Is it okay to explore that, right? It allows you as the coach to remain neutral. You can call out the boogeyman in the room and you can tackle it as a team versus you trying to talk them into something which never, never works. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, for our clients, we have them record proposals with permission and we re- review them and we kind of do workshops on them. And what we see is that the coach is on the call. They'll be leaned in and eye contact and engaged and enthusiastic and excited when they're talking about the vision. And then the minute that the, the uh, and it depends, everybody's at different levels, but the minute that 
that it starts to get real, which is the part of, cool, do you want to hear more of what it would look like to work with me professionally? The client says yes. And it's almost like their soul leaves their body mm-hmm. um, and they, they stop coaching because at that point, their ego is afraid that they're going to do harm. It's afraid they're going to impose their will. This is this is the part where the nur- I think that our nursing background, we, we haven't strategically found a bridge over how to be at that moment when you start talking about money. And the bridge that we want to offer for nurses specifically, which we find that's the most helpful, is this is when you go into advocacy because they've already told you what they want. You already believe that you can get them there. And now you don't abandon them at their first hint of resistance. You advocate for this vision that they said to you. And to make it not weird and to not feel like you're doing high pressure sales, you just use transparency. Like Shelby said, hey, I'm noticing that you're getting a little tense. I can tell that you're a little stressed about this. This is totally normal. I do this all the time with my clients. Permission to to coach you around a lot of these things and thoughts that are coming up. And I think that permission piece is the difference between uh, a nurse coach selling and like a high pressure coach selling coaching. You know, like I've been on the receiving end of not having permission um, and it doesn't feel great. So I think permission just opens up so much space for us to advocate mm-hmm. and, and not leave our body and stay in coach mode and still be on our client's team. Yeah, totally. Totally. And Advocacy is something that most nurses, especially nurse coaches, are very passionate about. So it's easy to kind of pull previous experience of when you've advocated in the past for patients in whatever setting and pull it in here. You may have never advocated for somebody's vision before. This might be your first ever proposal that you've ever done. Um, But you've navigated with a care team before, right? With with other doctors and other nurses and with patients, et cetera, et cetera. And you can pull that experience in here as you create new experience in in this moment. Um, but Ooh. can I I had yeah. have a vision. This is so like this is just a vision. I think of being a brand new nurse and you know that you're and this is ICU for me, but I know my ICU patient needs a med change. Um there they are too sedated, way too sedated in my opinion. And I'm a newbie nurse and I have to advocate. They can't talk. Mm -hmm. I'm the only person in the whole world that's advocating to their doctor of of what I think they need. And so you're advocating to obviously a doctor who seems to have a higher station than you. You have them on a pedestal for a nonverbal patient that can't advocate for themselves. And like the lion that comes out in you in that moment is so foreign. I think the first time you do it and you're so surprised that you're able to. Mm-hmm. And in a proposal, the the client, the patient's talking to you up until your client is the patient talking to you up until that moment. The moment that you say the money, they fall asleep and their ego now the ego is the surgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like now we're we're just dealing with a different part of their brain. And but we can't forget our patients' wish- wishes. They've already told us what they want. Mm-hmm. And there's no other nurse in the room. Nobody else, like nobody's nobody else. You're it. Yeah. You're the last person to advocate, or the dream dies on the table. Right. Um, we're so good at that. Like, we're so good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And even like I invite you to like bring in 
that advocacy role, right? With with permission to be like, hey, I, I see that this is, I see that there's potentially a lot of thoughts and feelings going on right now. Can I advocate for the Laura in five years? Can I advocate for Laura in 10 years? Because you're at a choice point right now. And yeah, that can um, give give you the permission, right? Gets your client back on the, you guys are now on the same team again. Um, I think that there's just a natural dynamic that can happen with sales to where it's like very push pull, right? And if you are Mm -hmm. constantly pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling, it is really natural. It's almost like the natural law of physics for your client to dig in their heels and dig and dig and dig. Every animal on the entire planet naturally knows how to play tug of war. We are no different, right? And if you can, I, I've been sold to like this before. I've been sold to like this to where they constantly ask me permission, almost to the point of annoying me to where they're like, can I coach you around that? Can I coach you around that? I see this. Can I coach you around that? And I was like, I'm already a yes. You actually don't have to coach me <laughs> around anything. <laughs> um, but they they kept um, they kept asking and it kept putting putting us on the same line. They're the same side mm. of the line. And um also, then I think we're able to show up more fiercely, too. Yeah. If there is a time sometimes to be potentially spicy, this is where it can, where you can say things as you see it, because they can't see it the way you see it, right? As coaches, right. we have like a special pair of goggles to where we see things completely differently. We are removed enough from our client's story to where we can see the potential. Yeah. Um, and we owe it. We totally owe it to share that with them. Yeah, that's actually what our job is. It's part of our job description is to to be able to advocate for our client's highest self and to work with the ego of the client's natural protection mm-hmm. of themselves, of their self-preservation, of the, the hardwired part of the brain that that tends to have, I think, 80% more negative thoughts than positive yeah. thoughts. Like we're up against a little bit of a of a, of a monster there. Um, not all the time. Sometimes it's smooth as sand or smooth as, yeah, that was actually like a Freudian slip there. It sometimes it's smooth as sand. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it is smooth and, and you don't have to, to over advocate. And sometimes, Ooh, we've seen this with videos of, of some of our clients. They advocate to the very end and legit, you can see the ego just give up. And then the higher self's like, that's it. I'm high. Yep. If I don't do it now, never going to do it. How do I pay? And it's like, oh gosh, if she had given up, if the coach had given up 30 seconds before, like what a shame. Like yeah. what a shame. Yeah. 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 And there's there's like a million layers of nuance to this, which is why we encourage so much messy action in the beginning, because you learn so much in those moments. Like I I have a potential client that I proposed to in the very beginning of my practice. She was also a nurse. She was going to get her master's and y'all, I abandoned her. Like I coached her. She's like kind of trying to figure out her life. She was a few years younger than me. She knew she didn't want to be working bedside. Um, new, nurse coaching was so new. She had like no concept of what that meant. I probably would recommend her to nurse coaching these days, but um, she was going back for like case management, I think, or something, something like that. And, um, she was asked, she straight up to ask me, she was like, if you were me, what would you do? 
And I just gave her like surface level bullshit advice. And I left her. I like didn't. I just left her in the desert by herself to figure it out. And that haunted me for so long because I got off the call and I was like, damn it. Like, I know I because she just needed space to like talk through her thoughts. She had it. She had she knew what she wanted to do. She just needed a little bit of space to come meet herself in that moment. And I just left her on the edge of the cliff and was like, nice talking to you. See you later. <laughs> and that was five years ago. And I still think about her all the time. Oh. Um, And so also advocating to the very end until they tell you no i don't care what it costs i don't care if i can afford it i just am not going to do this it has nothing to do with the money i just don't want to do the work in order for you to sleep at night please advocate for them yeah like you'll you'll go crazy without it yeah it'll probably still happen and that's fine too and that's the beauty of having a mentor is that you don't have to have those feelings alone and be haunted alone you can suffer together with your colleagues because everyone will experience some version of that. But I think what I'd like to, this is going to make some of you giggle so hard too, but what I'd like to give an example of is the most common version of abandoning your client sounds something like this. You say your proposal, you say, hey, John, all right, well, my package is $1,500 and we meet nine times over the next three months. And we will be working on your fitness and getting your blood pressure down and your relationship with your wife. What do you think? And John says, oh, okay. That's, you know, I'll just have to think about that, Laura. And I say, awesome, John. Uh, Just let me know. Uh, Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I did that so many times. I did some version of that. like and poor John's like, I didn't say no to my dream. I'm just postponing it. Like there's no accountability. It was just this cliffhanger. And then I'm watching for John's email for a week. And then I make up a story about it's because I'm not a good coach or like, it's just not the way we want you to do it. We want you to be able to advocate in that moment to get them to a clear yes or clear no. And what we see new nurse coaches do is a lot of times I'll ask about the proposal. Well, how did it go? It's like, well, it just wasn't a good time. They're buying a house. Well, it wasn't just a good time. Their daughter's sick. It's just not a good time. Like that's a really common resistance point. And then the nurse coach would be like, I just don't think they're a good fit for coaching or they're just not ready right now. And it's like, that's so probably untrue and just a really easy way to let yourself off the hook and to not get better at, at, at mm. advocacy. And we don't say it like that to you. Like we, we have a lot of compassion for the, the stress of this process and room to grow. But at some point, if you're our client, we're going to tell you um, that you're leaving a lot of money on the table. It's the skill that's going to make you the most money in your practice. Are you ready to start learning it? Mm-hmm. Like it's just, there's a, there comes a time where you have to start learning it. Um, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. In sales, it's called overcoming objections. And I don't know about you guys, but I have no interest in overcoming objections. And so navigating resistance just implies that there is resistance that is natural for the client and you have a compass to help them navigate. And that's your actual role in that moment. Um, but you're not overcoming them. And it's not an objection. It's just natural resistance to change. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Totally. And I would say like when you're 
new and you're just starting, like this is way more common than it will be in the next three years or the next five years because you develop rapport and resonance and relevancy with your audience, whether it's in person or online, and they better understand what you do. So people will start showing up to calls ready, right? Like they've already worked through all the resistance in their head. And by the time yeah. they say they're scheduling calls, like it's a little, it's simpler, right? Um, this comes in waves in our practice to where we'll get like a season to where everyone's just like, yes, 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 yes. I don't care. Yes, 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 yes. And then like the past two weeks, probably every application call is like a 95% yes, but the spouse thing is oh, yeah. up again. And they don't even really need me to like, because we have so much content on our podcast about this. They know, like they, they know they just need the accountability to go have the conversation and then have to get back to me within a few days, right? They've been pushing the conversation off because it's not the right time or the partner's in a bad mood or they just had a fight or they had a low energy day or like whatever the thing is. But like our application call actually is like the homework of go have that conversation. Let me know how it goes. And then I'll send you um, the payment to secure your spot. Yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah. It... it even even five years in, it it's just so good to have this the skill, this framework, this thing in your tool belt. Because even had you asked me six months ago if I would ever have to deal with any resistance at all, I'd be like, no, Laura and I's sales process is so great. And now I'm like, <laughs> well, our people are just, you know, like I don't know if it's something in the collective or or um or what, but like there's just an energy that we get to support right now with people making mm -hmm. decisions. Yeah. 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 And I think on our next episode, we're going to go deep into each individual objection. I think there's six main ones we're going to develop out and really march out these, the specific way to navigate that kind of resistance or that, that circumstance or that thought or feeling. Um, but one of the, I think, pivotal points for me in understanding of what we're doing and navigating resistance is that a lot of time people's brain, when it comes to make a decision, when everybody's different, but we have different types of consciousness and different ways of making big decisions. Mm -hmm. So uh, unfortunately or unfortunately, I'm unique. And I think Shelby, you're this way too, where we're like, oh, it feels good in my belly. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, like yeah. when I'm buying a car, like I'm like, oh, I like the color and I like the way I feel when I'm near it. I'm spiritually attached to this car. I'm going to buy it. I'm not like, shopping for the best price or all the features. Like I make my decisions from an intuitive place, but our clients are, are usually, I think a lot of clients are making it from an intellectual place. They're making it from, um, a, uh, a place of, I want to make this happen, but I don't understand how. And I think that the easiest way to approach it is to remember that we have to make the decision or they have to make the decision out of the possibility of what their life could be like not the probability by like scanning their past and seeing what most likely is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And that distinction of like possibility versus probability is so helpful in the way that we frame questions, the way that we keep bringing things back to the vision, um, entertaining some things from the past, but also ex explaining that their life is the way that it is because of all the decisions they made up until that point. Like the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result. So if they have a vision for their life that is different, then we have to make that next decision from a place of possibility, not of probability. And that was really helpful to me. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't know I didn't define it 
when I used to do it in the past. I just recently read something that helped me define that. Um, so basically, I sell magic on my calls. Like I really do. I stay in like magical vision land where everything is possible in the quantum field. And it's so much more helpful for me uh, to keep them there as opposed mm-hmm. to the probability that that they will uh, get what they need, the probability that they will succeed. Yeah. Yep. And I think on, if you've been on an application call with me lately, um, I, I touch on both because I think a lot of our nurses are intellectual. And if I think mm-hmm. back about how I used to make decisions and the questions I was asking when I was hiring coaches, it was that of like, what can I expect? Yeah. Like, this is so foreign. There, it's like I'm looking at a forest and it's filled with fog and I'm trusting you to get me through it. Right. But like, it's all just so I have no frame at all. Um, and so they're like genuine questions that had nothing to do with their ability as a coach. You know, like I was I was unsure. And so that can be helpful for me sometimes whenever I get asked on calls. Well, like, well, what are the chances that I'm going to return my investment? And I'm like, dude, I can't. I like can show you some numbers and I do, right? We share, we share numbers mm-hmm. all the time to just like give some context of what it can look like, but I can't guarantee because I don't know what the next year holds for you. Um, but this is, this is what's possible. This is what can happen. This is how we're going to support you through it. And then kind of like once we like comfort the intellectual brain a little bit, yeah. then we can flip back into like, what if we, if you make completely return your investment and potentially triple it, what does this time next year look like? What do you want to create from that spot? How does the vision get bigger, bolder, braver? Is there anything else that you haven't mentioned yet that I can hold for you? Mm. And um, again, I just really want to drive home of like, their resistance is not about you 99% of the time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's just, it's about them. It's about them. Yeah. Um, We probably have time just before we go uh, end. Um, I think we could go into the two types of obstacles that people will have to hiring you as a nurse coach. And the one category is circumstances. And the second category is thoughts and feelings. And the cool part is that we can easily coach around either of those. They're totally solvable most of the time. I was listening to one of my mentors talk about this. And she was like, people ask me, is it ever like, when is it just not okay to sell somebody coaching? I think the only hard, fast rule for me, like them being in debt is totally not an obstacle for me. Like I, yeah, I, I just, that's not an obstacle for me um, because of my new relationship with debt, my understanding of debt and my belief that coaching can help people get out of debt. But if somebody, if hiring me is going to cause, and Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if, if hiring me is going to cause more anxiety over not having a place to live, not having food to eat, like cause actual distress in their life circumstances, then that's the only time that I think we can say, hey, this may not be a great time and maybe help them explore some free resources if they really still need support. But unless they're at that, like in that much of a dire strait, I still believe with all of my heart that I'm the best path for them, like the, the best way for them to spend their money, regardless of what their problem is. Because Coaching has changed who I am. Coaching has made things possible for me that mm-hmm. could have never been possible for me. So I believe, like I'm a 10 out of 10 believing in coaching, which is why I'm able to do that. And 
for you guys, if you've just been through cert, maybe you're seven months in the coaching game, maybe you don't have, you're not a 10 out of 10 yet. Like you don't, like you think it's cool. You had some cool calls. Uh, you had some major shifts, but like how you're just not a 10 out of 10 yet, then that's something to focus on that will really help with this process. How do we get you to a 10 out of 10 in believing in coaching? I mean, how how would you say if, if you had a, a nurse coach saying, I kind of believe in coaching, like what would be your advice for them? Coach more. Yeah. There's like five questions I would want to ask them to elaborate, but it would just be coach more. Get more proof that coaching is it. Because if you don't believe in coaching or we're not like working on your belief in coaching and you don't believe that a 10 out of 10 is possible, then you shouldn't be a coach. Yeah. Right. Like selling would feel so icky and so just bleh. So, um, yeah. Or my other advice is be super coachable and let your coach coach you. Yeah. Like let your, let your life change as a result of your, of like be so ultra coachable that you become the proof. Mm-hmm. That that leads to the belief. Yeah. Um yeah. Totally, totally. Let's uh let's mention one more thing here before okay. we wrap is how and we've kind of spoken to it, but how to know if it's resistance or if they are not coachable. Like their mm. mindset, they are just fixed and there's not space to weasel in there and create create any wiggle room. Um any red flags for you on if someone is not coachable? If they are combative or argumentative within the coaching call. Yeah. Huge red flag or defensive. Um, a little bit of defensiveness is fine. Um, but within the the agreements of the coaching container, as long as those have been um, spoken appropriately, then really that's a violation of the agreement. So I think anytime the, the violation of the agreement and they become argumentative or um, combative, then I have to pause and take a moment there and mm-hmm. see. Yeah. So that that's a big red flag. Also, I would um, say that if they are just not willing to shift their framework in any way, right? It's just, nope, 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 nope. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't doesn't mean they can't be coachable in six months. It just likely means that they're not uncomfortable enough yet to see that they need to embrace change. And coaching from that place won't be productive. You're just going to like run the wheel around and around and around. They need like their own separate aha moment, probably outside in the real world to have a light bulb go off. Um, Again, that's not wrong. It's just, you know, don't, don't die on the hill if, yeah. If it's not meant to land. Um, but most things, most things are resistance. And the six things that we're going to cover next week are, I can't afford coaching. I need to think about it. I have to talk to my partner or my spouse. I don't have enough time or I don't have childcare. And we're also going to tackle debt as well. Like I have debt that I need to pay off first. Um, so come back next week. We're going to like workshop style, go through all of those things, our thoughts and feelings about them. Um, and give you most likely some language on how to just continue to open up the conversation to support your clients in those moments. It's going to be a really juicy free free training that we're going to have here on the podcast next week. Yeah, totally. And uh, listen to it over and over again, because I feel like I have to do that. I know a lot of our clients in our course will listen to things two, three, four, five times and just let it marinate. So hopefully these are two digestible 30-minute 
podcast, you can note and before proposals, you can give it a go for a walk around the block, listen to it, and you'll be in the right frame to to nail any resistance and advocate like you know you can for your client. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. All right, Shelby, any last words or are we out of here till next week? I just want to say thank you to everybody who has started downloading the podcast. I know I asked uh, for you guys to do that a few episodes ago and our downloads went from like anywhere from 10 to 100 downloads an episode to like over 500, pushing sometimes 700, 800. So you know, I don't really know what that means in the long game, but I just appreciate you guys uh, <laughs> honoring my ask. And uh, it's cool to see those numbers on the back end. And we appreciate you tuning in every week. So come, we'll see you next week for one and then come hang out with us in the Facebook group. We're happy to continue the conversation in there. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.